This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 74, Cultivate Gratitude for Your Body, with Amy Tenney. Welcome back, you guys. We're so grateful you're here, and we're also grateful that Becky Higgins is alive. Why? Back from the dead, from your flu that literally almost killed you. It was worse than a flu, but we've already talked about that. I know, but... I don't want to emphasize the sickness because I just leaving, don't want other people to think it's contagious my, through my the microphones. Awesome banter. <laughs> oh, did I make her oh, disinfect the mic? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I'm alive and... She's alive and well. How do you feel about that? Okay, so I have a question for you. <laughs> what? How hard was it for you to be down? Like... Um, Okay. So that's an interesting question. It's a loaded one. So the short answer is, um, I'm 50, 50, it's 50% really uncomfortable with the lack of productivity. Cause productivity mm. is one of my greatest love languages. Yeah. Right. I like to totally. like do stuff and show up in my life. And half of me has come to completely accept the fact that sometimes when your body's screaming and yelling at you to do something like usually stop, Right. Stop body. Mm-hmm. Stop moving. Stop, stop. Stop, stop. Right. Rest. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Hydrate. Get better. I just, I'm very accepting of that. And I'm very submissive to yeah. knowing when I have to rest. So there you go. I know. Sometimes, isn't it funny how we won't rest until our body is like, well, if you're not going to make a good choice here, I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead and shut you down so hard that you don't have choice anymore. And I think that you have even more experience with that, which oh, I dude. love when you talk about that, because I do believe that a lot of people relate to mm-hmm. not... Um, listening early enough. And I've gotten better. I really do think I'm yeah. so much older and wiser than you, Becky. So you are very much older you than know. me. Just <laughs> and wiser. And, and also wiser. Much, you're a little owl. You're just an owl, Elsa. Give yourself a few more years and you'll be as wise as I am and you'll listen to your body sooner. And I'm you, getting better. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all I'm should. I'm getting better, but man, yeah. When I don't listen to my body, uh, which happens often. It's not good. And causes then I problems. realize... Um, then I start getting sick. Yeah. But now I've realized when I start like going down the hill, I get right in bed as where mm-hmm. before I was like, let me just take some medicine and see if I can push on through this. But yeah. one thing I've learned with my anxiety, and we've talked about this in the past, is I know exactly what things to do to keep myself out of anxiousness, mm-hmm. which we've talked about many mm-hmm. times is moving my body, hydration, and sleep. Yep. If I am well hydrated, I'm getting good sleep and I'm moving my body. It's not a factor in my life. It's a secret formula you have figured out for yourself. It's formula. not going to be everybody's perfect formula, but... It's a good place to it's start. It's a great place Being to start. Being hydrated and well-rested and moving your body is definitely a good place. Specifically on a start. trail and hiking yes. shoes. Okay, interestingly enough, <laughs> With would your you like to hear what? my like aha moment of this week? You, you know I do. So, and it kind of was um, spurring from this 5K challenge we've both been doing. Uh-huh. Um, which in the beginning I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get my 5k done. I got to get my 5k done in a week. Yeah. It's a weekly weekly 5k. 5K. Like it's just a personal challenge. It's just something to keep you on track. There were times when we were doing it late at night, like the night before, maybe 1145 on a Saturday night, movie, popcorn, whatever. (laughs) And, and I was finding myself having to schedule out, like making sure I got it into the week. Totally. This week I have done four 5ks in a week, in a week. Get it girl. Not because I was like, oh, I'm going to do this, but just because now I'm on week 
30, 31, something like that. I have no I idea. I honestly have lost count. Like I'm in the How many high, weeks? Oh, I can tell you how many weeks. I couldn't tell you how many so you've I done. So I am now, I'm now on the same, well, actually, if, if I counted four this week, I would be ahead of you now. Only well, but we don't sick. count. So it's not about how many 5Ks you do. It's about yeah. how many weeks, consecutive weeks you do it. Like that's the. So I'm like two weeks behind you then. So I, that, I think like 28. Whatever. Like Whatever. Does it really matter? What's um, your, what's your aha moment? But I have. That I'm never going to not do it, number one. And number two, that it's effortless. Like now it is not a factor in my life. Why though? Your benchmark like rose up. Substantially. Yeah. I love that. Because now that I've done it for long enough, it is now just part of like what I do, of who I am. How you exist. how I exist. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why I was on the mountain the other day and I was like, dang, this is my fourth 5K. Like that's amazing. So cool. And, and And it brought me so much joy. And I was just so proud of myself. And I thought, okay, this is how change happens. Like it's not tied to your worth. It's not tied to a number on the scale. It's not tied to anything really. And now for me, it's not even tied to 52 weeks. Mm -hmm. Like it just is what I do. And And you know, it's so cool. Obviously moving your body, like we need to do that. And and we feel healthier physically. But what does that do for your self-confidence and for your, like the way that you just feel about yourself and the way that you're achieving things that you're like, holy cow, I'm doing this now. That's not what I was doing before. And now I'm doing it. And it's not like I wasn't moving my body before. Actually, Mm -hmm. I was working out, like going to a gym, working Mm -hmm. out, like I did all the things. It's not like I just sat on the couch, but, um, it's different. It's different. And I'm actually going to hold off the rest of this because Amy here is kind of, the, also the person oh, we want to discuss Oh, yeah, there's someone this. else here. We have a guest here, our friend Amy Tenney, who is an amazing, wonderful, I would say whole body health and wellness Guru. expert. Yeah. Who That's I nice. adore. Hi, Amy, by the way. Hello. Hi, oh, by the way, there she is. There she is. <laughs> we just got in our own little okay. world. We're going to properly gonna introduce in, her in just a moment. Let's first hear a quick word about this week's sponsor. I'm all for those days when I just don't want to take even two seconds longer to get ready. But for the most part, it feels so worth it to do my six-minute everyday makeup routine. And you know why? There is just something about putting yourself together that just makes us feel like our superpowers are charged. Uh, Yeah, I totally agree with that. This is very much a personal empowerment and self-confidencing. And believe you me, not at all a thing about impressing others. And at the same time, both of us regularly get messages about our makeup on social media. So, you know... That's kind of fun. Shine Cosmetics continues to be one of our favorite brands ever. They name all of their products after power words, which we just love. More importantly, the makeup ingredients are impressive, you guys. Gluten-free, cruelty-free, hypoallergenic, and paraben-free. It is super hard to pick our favorite products, but we do highly recommend the Fiber Brow BB Cream and their Buttery Soft and Gorgeous Lip Gloss. Their concealer, you guys, it is seriously the best we have ever used. Visit shinecosmetics.com and enter code Becky at checkout to save at least 10% anytime and all the time. Can You're we just start the normal people? Listen. Why do we we just look because at each I'm other? Because I'm a grown adult who has a blanket wrapped around me for security Still, you guys, purposes. I don't think there will ever be an episode no, where she's not. Great. And I might suggest to you yes. that I recognize that part of the reason for me needing a blankie when we record is because I get very raw and vulnerable. Oh, fine. So I would... I That's would. Fine challenge you okay to get so uncomfortable with yourself that, that I'm you need a blanket need a blanket yeah. I don't think I've ever not been totally open and vulnerable in my sh- sharing have I 
no, I think you're very raw and vulnerable. How about, this isn't about us today. Can we just focus our attention to the real rock star here in the room? Yes. Okay. Hi, Amy Tenney. Hello. (laughs) All right. Let's introduce Amy. Tell us about your background and your experience in this world that is such a part of who you are so that everyone gets a flavor of Amy, who you are, what you're about. And then we're going to talk about the application of how these types of things that you do in your life can really have a positive impact on everybody. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to talk about it. I am happy to be here. I... I'm a little bit nervous because I haven't Don't done this be nervous. Before. Okay. You're so. totally fine. You're totally fine. I'm good in front of a class, but just talking about it is is well, new for me. So and microphones, come on. Like it's a little weird. Like. Hence, I have a blankie. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> You're safe here. Always. Okay. Well, my name is Amy. I am a student and a teacher of yoga and meditation. I teach classes in all ranges, ages from littles up to you know, the elderly. And so I oh, have so cool. really enjoyed working with different groups of people in, in health and fitness and to help them with their different goals. I love that. And when did you get started with this? Is this a lifetime pursuit for you or is it in recent years? So I found an old journal of me in high school where I had taken a first yoga class at like a church class. And I said, oh, I tried yoga today. That was kind of cool, kind of weird. I hope mm-hmm. I didn't snore because I think I fell asleep at the end. Oh, that's uh-huh. glorious. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it kind of evolved from there. I was went to college and would check out DVDs from the library mm-hmm. and do those in yoga. But where I really got into yoga was when my husband was in dental school and was gone from about 7 a.m. in class until 10 p.m. at night studying. Mm-hmm. And we found a class that was 5.30 in the morning that was yoga. And so I would do that yoga for that one hour and whether it was yoga or that hour to myself, I'm not really sure. Right. Which, which I really needed more. Both. Yeah. But it, you were basically a single parent, honestly, with little kids and going through all that, huh? Yeah. So it opened up a space for me and I and I really came to like it. Let me tell you, when I first went into my first yoga class, I, it was a hot yoga class. So I was, I was covered up. I didn't know what I was doing. I was feeling a little bit insecure and I saw these beautiful women there Mm -hmm. of every shape and size Mm -hmm. and they were not concerned with how they looked they were there to move Mm. and for me it was just really profound that the movement was what they came for and there was so much more to themselves than if they had rolls going over their the top of their leggings or something like that that mm-hmm. wasn't that wasn't an issue for them and maybe it was in their mind but for me it felt but you like you could tell like you could you had that feeling from them that impression that that was not even like what was on their mind yeah right they felt really empowered and it helped me start to realize that that was something that I wanted to cultivate in my own life and have that confidence it's awesome. I am committed. I love when you can watch other people not know anything about them and just be inspired by their example that they don't even know they have right. yeah. that kind of an impact on well, you. Well, and I love how you said too, you don't know if the people in that room were like totally owning that confidence or not. But the fact is, is the very act of them showing up, like mm-hmm. moving, acting towards that confidence um, inspired you and, and gave you all this confidence within yourself. And so I think that's very interesting because we can act into the things that we want and have the same kind of effect on people, even if we're not hundred percent sold on it ourselves yet. Yeah. I absolutely that's pretty agree cool. with that. Yeah. So you, you know, with all of our guests that we invite to be on the show, we always want the guests to feel really deeply inspired about whatever it is that is top of mind for them to share. And so given your experience and your expertise, 
we figured that it would be something about this, but you like you live and breathe this. This is very much like so deeply set in your soul. Like Becky and I both have things that are so deep in our soul that we couldn't shake it from right. us if we tried, right? This is for you, top of mind. Tell us what your journey has looked like and why it's become so um, imperative that it's a part of who you are. Awesome. Yes. So I want to start by saying I grew up in a very loving, body-positive home. I could not have asked for a better environment. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was very positive and open with us. She was, I never, ever heard her criticize our bodies or her body, awesome. which I think is important mm-hmm. that, yeah. you know, that I I saw that she had confidence in herself. I saw, and we experienced a lot of movement and being active, but also for the sake of enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't there wasn't a preoccupation mm. with it. We so didn't not have, like sometimes I think as parents we become fixated or or we're trying to lose weight or we're trying to get to pre baby weight or or any of those things. And even in an effort where we may feel like we're balanced with our quote dieting, um, as our children look to that, and especially I know for me when I was having babies and losing baby weight, it kind of might have felt like to some of my older kids like a yo-yo dieting situation because you're constantly in a state of trying to lose weight, right? And well, you're explaining health in terms of weight and appearance rather than in terms of just health. That's why I love the word that you used as preoccupation. Mm. And I don't know many women who aren't preoccupied in some way with, and I don't, I'm saying positive, negative, whatever, but just preoccupied with their body, but not in the way that you're going to be talking to us about, not in a way that is um, as much with gratitude as it is with what needs to be fixed, what I'm unhappy with, what mm-hmm. I wish I could change. Man, if I were just a little smaller, if I could just work on that that muffin top, if I could just, you know what I mean? That preoccupation, can you imagine what else we could accomplish in our life if we weren't preoccupied with trying to fix something that is a wonderful, yeah, that's not broken. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's great to know your background. So first of all, I love your mom and your dad and your home environment, where you grew up in that environment is an example for everybody. Like that's how it should be. Absolutely. We didn't have cable growing up. We didn't have social media. We didn't have Instagram. And so middle school was my first opportunity where I walked in with some of my friends and they were talking about muffin top. And I was like, that Mm. sounds delicious. (laughs) (laughs) It does sound delicious. I didn't, I had never even heard that phrase. I didn't know that that was a thing. And it was the first time in my life, I thought, oh, in order to connect with my friends, I need to be dissatisfied with my body. Oh, mm. dang. Interesting. And that, that, that was, interesting. that was it's a that way that they connected. Bonding that we it talk is about toxic when people, bonding. When people bond over the toxic thoughts about right. themselves or others. And usually it's about others, but mm. man, you're totally right. Especially at that age, it's very age predictable that that mm. would happen. I wasn't going to bring this up and I have, I have to. So yesterday we were at my house. And Caroline had this, um, hundredth day of school thing. So we're getting dressed and getting her costume ready. And she turned to me and she said, mom, do you, do you realize how much skinnier I am? Because I've been working out at gymnastics so much. And I was like, whoa. So Caroline is like teeny tiny, by the way. And I am super careful, Mm -hmm. like super, super careful. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I have, I've seen you working out and that's so cool, but what would, would, where are you hearing about skinny? Your body is beautiful. Like you're so healthy and you're so strong. And I try to use healthy and strong, our words, even for myself in front of my kids. Totally. And um, you do. Yeah. 
And it was interesting to me because it, she had heard it for, at school um, from a friend who was talking about it at lunch. And it was just interesting first grade, to guys. me. First, first grade, grade, seven years old. And this child is like very fit and thin. Mm-hmm. Like there's not an ounce of fat on this child. And at school, she had heard something, which she, she told me about one experience. I'm assuming it happened more than once and came home and was automatically associating. And so I, I highlight that to, to make us all aware that even if you're really making this huge effort at home to you, to use words that are welcoming and healthy and strong and, and all those things, that this is all around them. This is something that is so prevalent in the media. Um, and when things are prevalent in the media, if even if in your home you're very careful about your media, it's filtering down through the kids, the kids, your children are around at school and messaging in other ways. And it seriously stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, I can't believe I just heard her say that, like my word. And so if anybody's out there like, oh, my kids, they know, like even my kids know and still it happens. They don't, they do know. And there's also um, peers, right? Mm -hmm. So let's take it back then to middle school when you heard muffin top and you're realizing you had to kind of associate and connect with your friends in this way. Did you, is that where you went? It it kind of grew, it kind of grew for me. And so I, I point out how I was raised to show that even with all of the best intentions in this really great home, it kind of surprised me that I did become Hmm. preoccupied with my appearance. And I somehow tied that to my adequacy. Hmm. And so, and so sometimes I would use food as a way to control my feelings or to not control my feelings, but to not feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and sometimes it, worked I in quotes in my favor in the way that if I was controlling enough I could dial in to look and feel a certain way and and I came to a point where hormonally and health challenges no matter what I did it wasn't working mm-hmm. and and it helped me realize that there was more to work on that there was more in my body and in my mind and my soul to offer and if if I hadn't had those struggles with my body, then I wouldn't have been able to come in to this, to this mental piece of taking care of myself. Oh, all the amens and the preach sisters, because Amy and I were talking before, that is exactly where I'm at right now with this post-cancer body and menopause and being heavier, um, letting my body heal and doing all the right things. But like I was telling you, it's almost necessary sometimes to have those periods of time where, um, you're forced to heal your mind. And when you heal your mind and you heal your heart, like your body will follow and, and you, you just become in such a better place about all the things. I think it can go both ways too. I think sometimes you, sometimes you really do need to focus on taking care of your physical well-being Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the other things follow. And sometimes it's the other way around. You got to get your mind right. You got to get your heart in a better place. Right. For you to kind of um, fall into better physical patterns. Absolutely. I just think. You're right. Yeah. Again, and we say this all the time, but everyone's journey is so individual. And so none of us will sit here and tell you first step you got to do is this. And then you got to, because it's going to look different for everybody, not to make it sound overwhelming or complicated. It's actually the opposite. Just, you got to be in tune enough with yourself to realize what work is the priority. And then the other things do come into play. Yeah. Well, the word yoga itself is yoke. So we're Mm. yoking or uniting the body, mind, and spirit. Together. I love that. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. And so you can do that. You can do that through yoga. You can do that through hiking. You can do that through however you, however you want to relate, but just that 
but it's that way trio, to come back together right? that they're all related. They can all strengthen one another. And, right. and sometimes you need one to be stronger to pull the other. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes there's things going on in your body that are so outside of your control. And so having the mind and the spirit to, to hold you up for a little while is fantastic. And sometimes the rituals you do with your body can help your mind become more healthy. Mm. I think as women too, um, you know, if you're a mother, if you're becoming pregnant and having babies and hormonally things are very different for us than they are for men, I think we have a lot of um, more swings physically in our energy and our hormones, all those things that deeply affect our bodies. And that's if you're lucky enough to not have a health challenge that you throw on top that's of true. that. Mm-hmm. And so I think... Um, it's kind of a perfect storm, really. In young motherhood, you're getting pregnant, gaining weight, having a baby. You're already, like, in this really insecure place of being a mom, and that's hard. Like, that's a hard thing to grow into, and your body is different than it's ever been. And it starts to really kind of put you into a spiral. And what I found myself in is I would um, – I would, I don't want to say punish myself with working out, but I really would work out as like, I have to do this. I have to work out. I have to get my body back to where it was. And it became like this very results oriented activity where I would weigh myself every day and I would try to be really like rigid with my eating and I would work out. And then if I woke up and weighed myself and I hadn't lost what like I had calculated, I should have lost, which never works out because of hormones and all the other factors, right? (laughs) No, I literally would have like the worst day. And I would feel like, well, why am I even doing this? Why am I even working out if it's not? And I think that for me has been the biggest shift with, with moving my body sheer, like out of sheer love for it Mm -hmm. rather than like tying its worth, the worth of my body to like, if you don't, if I can't move you and you, and you drop weight, then you're not worth anything. Like essentially I was really feeding my body this message of like, you're only good to me if you're thin and you look good and you perform exactly the way I want you to, when I do X, Y, and Z, you better produce or you're, you're dead yeah. to me. And I can tell you that striving, even if you got to your goal, it wouldn't be enough. And that's something mm-hmm. that happened for me. I remember thinking if I came to this certain weight, then, then that'd be set. And then I could just live and just maintain it and be comfortable. And as soon as I got to that, I was like, but wouldn't a pound less than that be even better? Mm-hmm. And it can go over and over and over again. And I remember distinctly sitting in, in a church meeting and I was starting to have these little thoughts creep in my mind, like my life would be better when I looked or weighed a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, and I was stopped in my tracks with, with just an, a strong impression that came and said, Amy, you have legs that can carry you to the places you want to go. And you have arms that can hold the people that you love. Like your body is enough and it is perfect for you just yeah. as it is. I love that. I wish everyone had that impression as profoundly as you had it. Well, and I hope because that as it's... Amy spoke those words, mm-hmm. you felt the truth of that. Mm-hmm. Because truly your body, the body you're in, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but the body you're in today right now is the vessel that carries you and allows you to love the people you love. And it is perfectly equipped to do what it needs to do. You, in sharing that, I feel like that for you was such a, such a blessing that you had that moment. Not everybody is as privileged to have that profound moment, um, yet. Right. And so hopefully, like you said, Becky, people are feeling that as they're listening, but can, can we connect some dots and, and somehow, 
go back to middle school and go to that moment and just connect some dots in between. Because I'm sure that when you were having the muffin top moment and then you kind of got trapped into that, you know, that rhythm of, mm-hmm. um, this is what I'm supposed to do yeah. as a young girl. Is but I'm walk us through kind of some of that in between area, because then you grew up and you were in high school and college and you got married and you started having kids. And before you had that moment, like, did you, was this a really big struggle for you or not really? Do you like, where, where do you feel like your experience took you just so that as, um, listeners are joining our conversation here, I want them to help. I want to help them feel connected to part of your story, um, in that in-between space. Yeah. So I really wasn't aware that it was going on. Looking back now in my thirties, looking back at my middle school self, I can see, oh, I, I wanted to connect. And so I guess we just complain about our bodies. And I got, I, I'm short. I'm a short person. There's nothing that I can do to ever grow taller. And I was told that, oh, I'll just, you're a poly pocket. I just want to put you in my pocket. And mm-hmm. short stuff. And you're the perfect armrest. And I started to kind of identify as I'm a small person. Hmm. I'm a small person. And so as an and it was fine for me to identify that way until I wasn't as small as I had been before. You know, that I started to gain weight in college and and made these choices. And then I would, the times that I was most controlling were the times where it didn't work for me. I wasn't in a natural place. The times where I kind of let go of control was when I felt better in my body, regardless of size, shape, and weight. And... And now, and I think as a mom, um, fluctuating in between having children and having so many changes with the body, I, I think it got worse for me as I got older. You know, it wasn't as bad as when I was a teenager, as when I was, you know, in my late 20s and early 30s. And I didn't have the maturity, I guess, or I wasn't ready to look at, to look at it and make some changes. And so kind of what happened for me is that through a series of hormonal imbalances and changes, I had several miscarriages in a row. And, and from there, I just thought, okay, well, I'm just going to dial down and I'm going to do this ginormous bike ride and bike 500 miles. And, mm-hmm. and, and it, was, it was for a really great organization and I was very excited to do it, but it really wasn't what my body needed to do to heal at the time. Mm. And movement of any kind is great, by the way. Right. So it's cool, yeah. it's cool that you did something instead of nothing, but I love where you're going with this. Yeah. You weren't connecting with what exactly you needed with that particular right. achievement. Yeah. Right? And I was kind of striving and, and the more that I rode, the hungrier I was and the mm. more that I ate and I felt like, you know, I just rode 50 miles today and I, you know, gained some weight this week. And so I, it felt right. like, okay, if I could just get the math right, hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and for, for the next four years, kind of whatever I did, that I thought was healthy, that was really more controlling was, was not working. And I finally got some blood work done and realized that there were things that were outside of my control that were imbalanced and I needed to work on with autoimmunity and hormone imbalance that it was like, Oh yeah, no matter what I did, that effort wasn't going to be enough because that's not, my body wasn't capable at that time to make changes. So Mm -hmm. I'm first of all, a huge fan of getting your blood work done, getting things tested and just Right. Making sure. Being aware. Being aware of what's going on. Knowledge is power. And it was also when I realized what was going on, I had such a relief that Mm. like, oh, I wasn't failing, quote unquote, all of this time. Right. That, that there were things out of my control. And I, and I came to a place where I realized that I might not, 
ever be able to change the appearance of my body. Mm. And that's okay because that's not where it needs to be. There's also a piece where I, as I let go of that control and started to take care of myself, things, I was able to become more healthy. Right. And, and so that was a big blessing for me. So then what did you do at that point to take steps to be more healthy? Cause it, I love, thank you for outlining that. Mm. Cause it helps us to understand your journey and also the example that you're sharing of being proactive and looking into things like we do need to advocate for our bodies. We, we all, all of us sitting here believe that, right? Mm-hmm. You have to. And for you, that looked like getting some blood work done, finding some answers, getting information, yeah. and then addressing that with professional help. Aside from that, because everyone's, again, everyone's story is kind of different. Maybe not everybody has hormonal imbalance or um, thyroid issues or whatever. Um, what were some of the steps that you took to get that get to that place where you felt like you were nourishing your body and cultivating greater gratitude for your body through just small and simple things. Yeah. I love how you said nourishing. And for a long time, I had been looking for a compelling reason. Like if I just doubled down on myself or if I just strove a little bit more, I would get there. And what really turned the table for me was when I came to a place where I said, I am worth taking care of. Yeah. I am worth nourishing. And I didn't need a specific meal plan or to count my calories or to check in on my macros. And I'm not knocking any of those things if that works for you because you might get the impression that if you had some accountability, that would help you. And that's awesome. Totally. For me, I needed to let go of all those extra things and just take each day and each choice as I'm worth nourishing. I am worth taking care of. And so some days that would look like I want to connect with my family at this celebration and I'm going to eat, you know, this treat with my family. And, and it wasn't, I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all this regret about it. it was, I want to connect in this way at this time. And I'm going to do that. And other times it looks like I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to lay down in my whole yoga class today and I'm not going to move my body. And rather than have this like goal that is, I need to achieve this particular result, my compelling reason was I'm worth taking care of. And I think that if when each of us come to that place, yeah. maybe we can let go of a little bit of expectations we have for ourselves mm-hmm. and know that we really truly are worth taking care of. I, I Go ahead. Oh, Beth. sorry. I was just going to say, I think that what I love about that is we talk a lot about, um, about being motivated by love is a much different motivation than being motivated by hate or resentment or fear or fear. Absolutely. I'm I love scared that. to death of becoming obese. For right. example, I just needed mm-hmm. to give an example or I'm, I, I'm scared I'm going to get cancer mm-hmm. or I'm scared I'm going to gain 20 pounds this year. Or right. I, yeah. Fear is a mm-hmm. big Because factor. psychologically and physiologically, it doesn't serve you to fear getting cancer. It just doesn't. No, There's no not even good thing bit. that happens to your body or mind or heart or soul or whatever by fearing getting cancer. The best you can do is work every day to honor your body through the way that you move it, through the way that you nourish it, right? And 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 I think for me, I kind of am experiencing now like a oneness with my body. You know what I mean? Where where I think in the past it was another thing for me to control. It was I felt like if my body like if I was overweight or if I didn't lose baby weight in nine months, that it somehow was a reflection, like a visual representation of something that was wrong with me. 
Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was wearing that. And so for me to be in this extended period post-cancer of like my body being a little bit in disarray, like there was, it was like a mental challenge for me to, to understand that this body that I'm in today, um, number one, there are people dying who would give anything to have my body, to have anybody to put their spirit into, to love their family. And that I have this amazing, wonderful gift of, of a body to house my spirit, to allow me to do the things that heavenly father needs me to do. Like that is, that's amazing. Right. And, and one of the things that's most damaging to that is, is when we forget, when we forget how lucky we are to have a body and when it becomes a thing to control or when it becomes, um, I guess our physical representation of our spirit, it's really not, we have to have this oneness of, of health and love for all of us. And this is our body's a huge part of that. And I want to agree also with, um, you know, when you think, when you think about this concept that you're talking about with coming from a place of love as opposed to fear or some of these other things, um, love and gratitude go hand in hand to me. And that's, you know, mainly what we're talking about here is how to increase in the gratitude that we feel for our body, how to cultivate better gratitude for our body. And, um, and I, I wanted to just mention that because we have talked about um, our experience and my experience of going to Movara Fitness Resort. One of the things I loved about my experience there on a very personal level is they, they share so much information, great information that's both physical, mental, emotional. There's so much there's so much to absorb and soak in. And the best part about it is pulling from that, not adopting every philosophy as my own, but pulling from that, what feels right for me. So when you were talking about how it started making sense for you, Amy, where you knew that it wasn't about checking in with your macros and counting the calories and the, I relate to that so much because I realized just, especially at this recent time that Becky and I went to Movara in November and I was reviewing again, some of the calculations and the math, they shared that with people. And I saw some people deeply connect with that. Like all these light bulbs were going off and they were like, I get it now. It makes so much sense. This actually simplifies for everything, everything for me. And for me, I was going, that is the thing that will consume me. Right. And I will become so fixated on that, that I would set myself up for failure. So where Mm -hmm. I want to come from and my personal choice in this, like you were saying, is truly from a place of just love and gratitude. I love my body as it is and have gratitude for it because it allows me to live and breathe and accomplish and do things and love people and go places. Right. So I guess I would ask you and kind of what Becky said and what I just shared, um, how do we help people cultivate better gratitude? Because we're going to have people who are listening. Who's like, yeah, but I don't love my body. Like I'm not grateful for it. It's failing me. It's disappointing me. It's not where I want it to be. We can't fix that in an episode of a podcast, but you can give people baby steps and maybe some thoughts that would inspire them to take some steps in the right direction. Yeah, that's a great question. And I think getting connected to our body is the first step. We spend so much time not trying to feel that we would rather put in our headphones. We would rather do anything else than check in. Mm. And I think And sometimes you're like, well, my body's not telling me to slow down. It's maybe we haven't had a chance to really learn how to listen to our body. Mm. And so here's some baby steps. The first thing would be just to close your eyes and take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and start to notice the sensations in your body and how it's feeling. And maybe you notice some parts that feel good. Maybe you notice some parts that feel not so good. 
and just noticing how you feel and where you feel it might trigger some emotions, you know, that if there's a pit in your stomach, maybe you're feeling unsettled about something or maybe you notice something going on in your foot. And I think if we are first aware of something, then we can address it. And just taking a minute of stillness and quiet to even pay attention to our body is the first step. And as we start to pay attention to our bodies, we're going to get really different results. For for Becky, it might be, I really need to sleep. And for you, it might be, I need to wake up sooner. For me, it might need to be, I'm going to hydrate more. For me, it might be, rather than thinking about what I'm not supposed to eat, and I don't think in terms like that anymore, I want to think about something that I love that I want to introduce more into my life. Mm, So I would first think of what you can add that's positive Mm -hmm. and bringing that in, getting that awareness and then realizing that the individuality of the insights that you can receive is fantastic and it will change throughout your life. Like for me, I needed to right now let go of some things. There might be a point later in my life where I could add something in or change something. What works for me now might not necessarily always be the answer. So when you say let go of some things, like give, give us an example of what you're talking about. Cause where I think this becomes, um, difficult and where I want to really clarify this for the listener is, um, you know, there's a lot of diet trends out there and even lifestyles, uh, where, you know, no gluten, no sugar, um, where it becomes these really, uh, restrictive, restrictive restrictive Mm -hmm. things. Um, and so I'm just curious to know what are some examples of things that like you, like you had to eliminate, I guess. Okay. Or that you've seen other people let go of. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's not a food that I needed to let go of. It's a an expectation for myself. Mm. So I needed to let go of having a perfect eating day Mm. where I could be, you know, I'm not going to take pictures of everything that I eat and tell you, if you eat like this, you're going to look a certain way. And Mm. I, and I didn't do that before. And I don't mean to criticize anyone that's trying to help because some people are legitimately like, but what is nutritious? You know, sometimes we just need an answer. Like, is this a healthy recipe? Well, it's true. You bring up a good point is there's so many people out there doing wonderful things. Clean, simple eats is one that we love, but they, um, where they're sharing that stuff. And, and I don't think they're doing that from a place of like, eat this and be restrictive. I genuinely think it's from not everyone was raised with proper nutritional information. And so there have been times, um, and I know this information where I'm like getting ready to eat lunch and I open my fridge and I'm like, uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I get like decision totally. fatigue and yeah. I have, you know what I mean? And yes. so those are some tools when you're having those moments, because when I have moments like that, I tend to not eat because I'm like, ah, too much decision making. I'll grab you, a protein you, you bar. You go, you go to the option of not eating. I go for chocolate. If I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't understand this but it, concept. But it comes from a place of wanting to have a perfect eating day. So I'd rather uh, eat like a protein bar and like have a perfect eating day mm. rather than like eat something that I shouldn't eat or eat something that, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't fit into whatever my that. idea yeah. of a perfect day is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I think that's important. And I'm glad that you asked that Becky, because letting go of something is going to look so different for people. And, and I love that the first thing you said, it's the first thing that I was thinking of is for me and some of the success that I've seen on a personal, physical and emotional and mental wellness, um, kind of way this past year 
it has been letting go of expectations from others and from myself. Like that alone is one of the greatest things to let go of. And I don't think that most people are even aware of what expectations they have of themselves. Like you gave a great example of the perfect eating day. That's an expectation. Mm-hmm. Why? And I think we all have that hidden deep down right. in our souls somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Why? I- because we want a gold star. I still would love to see where who this gold star deliverer is. And why they're not coming to my house. You guys, Becky really wants some gold stars. I want gold stars. I, I want a chart. Stars. I want like a potty chart. Okay. You know, the pot, I want oh. the gold stars. <laughs> Maybe if you guys could just gold star the heck out of my okay. chart. Sorry, I just got to make a list here. So I've got to reorganize and uh, set up your closet while you're already, traveling. I already did And I that. need to make you a gold star potty chart. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Okay. Yeah. Just, just make sure we're on the same track. Exactly. Okay, so that's a great baby step though, okay. for real. Like going back to what we're really talking about here, I think it's so important that we, we start with things that are that small. And I have to emphasize before you share another tip, you guys, what Amy described does take 60 seconds. You could be sitting in the carpool line, get off your phone, turn off the radio and sit there in actual silence. Enjoy what is actually stillness. Breathe in, breathe out, pay attention to your body and notice things, notice feelings, right? Can I That's have it? Will you take us through just very quick just the box breathing. Cause I've actually, Amy did it with us before we started recording, that took us lovely. through this lovely, delightful, um, mindfulness practice. But that's something that we can share on air that I think is like actually one of the best breathing things I've ever, I've ever seen. Let's so do we it quick. Yeah. Just yeah. take us Amy, through like, game for that. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So box breathing is really great because when we focus on our breath, it's one of the quickest ways to get really connected really quick. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is inhale for the count of four hold the breath for four, exhale for the count of four, and hold our breath for four. And you can do that for one round or 10 rounds. And if you're feeling low and lethargic, it can help kind of bring you up. And if you're feeling anxious and scattered, it can bring you back to center. So take an inhale to prepare. Exhale, let it go. Now inhale for one, two, three, four. Hold your breath for one, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, and hold your breath. Two, three, four. I love that. Mm. I think there's enough things to do in the breathing that it actually does quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I have to be mindful in the breathing enough that it really does like help me to become centered. Well, and, and we know that as our listeners are listening, most of them are on the move and maybe didn't do that you know, mm-hmm. moment of box breathing, box breathing, you got it. um, because they're, they're maybe on a walk or they're doing laundry or whatever. So imagine doing that while well, Amy just walked you through it. It's so simple. Um, sitting in the car before you run out and go into the grocery store, imagine doing that, um, sitting on the edge of your bed for just a moment before you leave, you know, your bedroom in the morning, whatever. Um, you take that moment to do that and, And I think because we did this before we recorded, I think what I was reflecting on as you were guiding us through is anything that centers me, anything that makes me feel grounded, which breathing is a big deal. A lot of us don't think about our breathing a Mm -hmm. lot of the time, right? Breathing for, for me, that involves also prayer or reading scripture or going on a hike. Any of those things that bring me to center are so grounding and so life-changing. And so identifying with what those things are is pivotal. And that is such a great first step is just the breathing alone. It doesn't have to be a big thing. 
It doesn't have to take even 20 minutes just doing that, right? Right. And there's some really great research on, you know, a lot of people go to a friend or a counselor or a doctor and they say, you should really do yoga and meditation. And that can feel a little bit overwhelming. Like, where do I begin? How do I start? And what there's some research showing that four times during the day, if you pause for one minute in one pose, and that pose could just be standing with your arms at your side, that that can have an equivalent benefit of a 60-minute yoga practice. Seriously? Four times, pause for one minute during your day. It could be in the middle of your hike. You know, my husband mm-hmm. and I went to Sedona, mm-hmm. and and we were yeah. had just had just learned about this. And so we were hiking, and throughout the hike, we would just pause for just a minute to ourselves. We'd just breathe, and then we'd move on with our hike. And it's one of my favorite things looking back on that experience was that I really remember that hike because mm. I was with myself on it. I like that. We didn't, I've not heard that research and we didn't know that, but Becky and I, we, you know, we, you guys know we love to hike together and alone. We love all the hiking. All the hiking. Mm-hmm. But we were on a hike recently. Remember that one where we, we did stop, um, mm-hmm. oh, just the one time. Is, I mean, we always, you take breaks and you stop mm-hmm. and you breathe and you sip no, your water. No, but this was a break where we but took This too. is like, appreciate. no, this yeah. was an absolutely intentional. We stopped. We did not talk. We did not like we just breathed and we looked and we appreciated the gifts that were surrounding us. It was just lovely. And that was a more memorable moment mm-hmm. of, than a lot of other ordinary moments, you know, and all it took was stopping. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love because you can do this in the carpool line. Mm-hmm. You really can be at the grocery store, run to the back. Like there, you can really do this anywhere. It's attainable. Mm-hmm. Okay. What other baby steps do you have? What other thoughts do you have to help people increase and cultivate gratitude. So awareness is is one awareness. for sure. Sunshine for me is something. Mm. And I know that I have the advantage of living in Arizona and not everybody does. But more recently when I've just paused and kind of asked and checked in with myself of what I needed, it was a moment in the sun in the morning. And so after I take my kids to school, if I can come home in between doing that and work, I'll go in my backyard and I'll sit in the sun for a moment. It doesn't need to be... I don't have a time constraint if it's one minute or 10 minutes. I just, I want a moment in the sun Mm -hmm. and getting that early morning light helps set the circadian rhythm. It helps set energy for your day to get that morning light to wake up. And for me, sunshine was my answer. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. This is actually something I do too. I lay on, um, my kid, my kid's trampoline, Mm -hmm. like our little in-ground trampoline, Um, if I need a minute, like I lay there because I feel like I can, I try to really focus on feeling the sun on my skin, like the sensation Mm -hmm. of what it feels like to receive that light. And, um, the sun's great because it almost helps to focus your mind because there's a sensation attached to it. Mm -hmm. Right. The warmth. Yeah. It just feels like Mm-hmm. My husband jokes that I'm solar powered, but it's just <laughs> this warmth and this he- healing that yeah. sets a tone. And sometimes if I can't go home in between, maybe when I get out of my car before I go to the next thing, I just pause for a moment. What's cool is that you figure that out about yourself. And you, yeah. Becky, with laying on the trampoline even, this wasn't just a random thing that you guys did. You really have taken the time to figure out what do I feel like I need? And when you said that, by the way, another example, because you were giving great examples, another example that I can think of recently is I'm like, today I feel like I need a giant salad. Like I just, my body just feels like just a giant cold crisp salad would be so good. And I'm not saying that's my feeling every day. Don't get me wrong. Remember the chocolate? Mm -hmm. Always the chocolate, right? Mm -hmm. But I just think that nutritionally, 
physically, the, the um, sensation of the sun, emotionally, talking to a friend might be another thing. Whatever that thing is that you feel like you need, that is nourishment. You have to identify it. And that's kind of full circle where, what we're talking about is you can't identify mm-hmm. it if you are just always going and there's always noise and there's always input. Absolutely. That's why stillness is something that is a recurring theme for yes. us. And the individuality and the answer yes. that you'll get and the feelings that you have, as well as starting to appreciate the individuality of every body, every skin tone, every difference. It's beautiful and we're created differently on purpose. And I love that variety and that yeah. diversity and just appreciating the diversity in others helps me understand that my own body is for me to experience life in. Right. It is for me to learn the lessons that will get me through this life in a way that I couldn't learn without the trials in my body, without the hardships. You know, I've had times where I feel like my natural inclination is I've got this, I'm going to do it on my own. And you experienced this with being ill, that while that wasn't your personal preference, you were able to receive a lot of service and love during that time that you wouldn't have gotten if you were like, I got this. I'm not going to tell anyone what's going on. Absolutely. I'll see you in two weeks. You know, I had mm-hmm. a friend during dental school. I had someone that was also, go- her husband was going through dental school and we'd see each other in the house and be like, hi, hi, how you doing? Good. So good. How are you? I'm so good. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> and, and when I was pregnant with all three of my pregnancies, I was throwing up day and night for the entire nine months. And I would wake up in the middle of the night to throw up. Me too. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, was, it wasn't something that I was prepared for. But she came to me during that time and said, can I come off your floors? And I was at such a weak place <laughs> where I, I accepted. Yeah. And after that happened, the relationship that grew between us was so strong. And she came back and said, you know, Amy, for a long time, I felt like there was this barrier between us that we were friendly, but we didn't really know each other. And when you let me see the dirt on your floor... Like, I feel like then we could be friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Man, please, people, let people serve you. Mm-hmm. Let people in. Let people serve you. Yeah, I love that so much. And I wanted to add also, just you brought up my sickness because we love, we love to talk about that. We <laughs> love to really, talk about how we I'm going to be honest. Like, there's sickness. And this is not a normal, like, oh, she was down. Like, this was uh, like a little frightening for me. Like it, it was, was actually, it was a lot. Re- she was really, anyway, anyway, really enough about that. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up, um, uh, to kind of tie a bow on that, that whole like slowing down and letting people serve you. And I totally let people serve me. And it's so humbling, not in a bad way. Like, Oh, I'm so embarrassed, but in a humbling, sweet, spiritual, even way of letting people love you, letting people in, letting people serve you, your family. The other thing um, that is totally worth mentioning is even though I was incapable of really doing anything um, during that week that I was totally bedridden, there were several things that I was able to think about. And my brain could only do so much because when you're sick, you're like sick, like in all the ways. But there were several things that came to me that week and that became clear in my mind. And I don't think would have come to me had I been having a regular go, go, go kind of week. And so again, sick or not, stillness for the win because Mm -hmm. I was forced into stillness that week. And I really feel blessings from that week for so many reasons. The people serving me, allowing that to happen, the awareness that I had of how grateful I was for the body that was 
needed to be sick for a minute, but that was going to come back because I knew I would get better. Right. You know, anyway. But there's, there's, when we're talking about cultivating gratitude, you can look at an experience of being down and out and focus on all the things you missed out on or all the unproductivity. Or if we're cultivating gratitude for the body to realize that without this, I wouldn't have noticed or felt this love and this attention or this care or these insights that came from slowing down. You know, I I didn't have any really great insights when I was so sick, but I did see how my husband would pick up the house for me at night, not because he cared, but he knew that I cared and that we'd all sleep better if that happened. And our relationship bonded from that. So if we can look outside ourselves to see the good things that could come from it, and we cultivate those thoughts as we focus on a more empowering thought, mm-hmm. then those blessings grow and they inspire us to to find gratitude for things that are outside of our control. You right. know, something that's a powerful practice for a lot of people is keeping a gratitude journal. Maybe something that could be kind of cool for some of our listeners to consider is if you're really struggling with that idea of of finding and identifying and cultivating gratitude for your body and certainly not expressing it. Maybe you just try something for a week and try every day, notebook and pen in hand, or uh, use your, the notes section of your app or, or your phone or whatever, but go ahead and, um, force yourself. That's not the right word, but help me out here. If you no, it is. It. I force, think yourself force yourself to write one. down one thing about your body, your physical body that you are grateful for. I think if you go into the Let's practice, be honest, you it, could start with like, I'm alive. Yeah. Let's start there. I have all 10 toes. Right. There you go. I, I mean, it sounds silly. I was being facetious with that one, but like, that's okay. Honestly, though, that start might be there. where you need to start yeah. because it, it, we My say earlobes have a fantastic shape. Fantastic shape, <laughs> earlobe. We, we use the word cultivate a lot because it doesn't happen overnight. And I think we were kind of discussing this, but I think sometimes with body love, this is where we sometimes go wrong is, um, is we promote it as if it's a decision like that. You're like, Hey, now I love my body. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, and it's not, it's cultivating a relationship like any other relationship in your life. And so what I like about the gratitude journal is if you're really feeling a disconnect with, from your body, um, starting with like the things, you know, to be true, like I have 10 toes. I have two hands. Like my I think eyeballs that's a great work. way to start. Like maybe right. I have to wear contacts or glasses or whatever, but I can see, you mm-hmm. know. And functioning I I mean and and focusing on the function, realizing that I am more than a body. Right. Like I don't need to love my body because I want to look a certain way, but I love that my body can carry me to my passion that I love to do. Mm. I love that I have hands that can write. You know, that I have feet that can hike and that I have arms to hold the people that I love. You know, that Mm -hmm. that we are more than a body and our mind and our spirit and our body all work together. So as we're thinking of specifics or as we're thinking of what to be grateful for, the more specific you can be can also help. You know, we joke about I have 10 toes, but in yoga, pressing down on each of those toes can help with balance. You know, my toes help me balance. Could yeah. be something right. They're be very important, for. Right. right? You know, before we wrap up everything that we're talking about, I just I'm not asking you, Becky and Amy, to 
to agree or or even do this also, but I I really feel like I have a pretty good healthy perspective on my body. I feel like I have gratitude for it, but I feel really inspired to do what I'm bringing up, which is the writing. I I think when you put pen to paper on something, I just want to experiment. That's mm-hmm. all this is. I want to experiment, and for a week in my um, journal in my notebook, I want to write every day um, something very specific, like you're encouraging us to do with the speci- specificity. I love that word. <gasps> Did I just say that? You you're did. welcome. You That's a good but one. The specificity of what I am grateful for with my body. I want to experiment with that to see how I feel at the end of the week. I just mm-hmm. want to put that yeah. out there. So I'm committed. It's a, um, it's oh, a challenge. Thank you. It's a challenge. It's a invitation. It's an invitation and it's an accountability thing. Yes. That's what the word is that I was looking for, I'll for myself. You. So I'm going yeah, to do I that too. too. Ooh. I'll do it too. Ooh. Because I think, um, I actually wrote about this yesterday is I think that when we get ourselves in the place of looking for things to be grateful for, the world opens to us and we begin to see things. Um, I, I was doing this in a completely different way, um, on seeing a heart and a cactus. And I was on this hike I'd been on many, many times and I saw a heart and a cactus and I was like, Oh, awesome. A heart. And I felt so like loved and embraced by the universe, by this like heart cactus. Aww. Cause I was in my happy place, but then I kept hiking and I found another heart and another heart and, and like of they were all did. over the place. Right? And then I drove to pick my kids up from school and someone moved out of the way to let me in a lane. And I was like, Oh, that was wonderful. And mm. throughout the rest of the day, it's like my brain was starting to see all these little things that maybe I wouldn't have noticed before. And so I love this writing because I think it's going to open up like, like open the floodgates of all of receiving all this love and gratitude for your body. So we're going to find out It'll be a great week. We're going to find out. Yeah. I'm starting today. Okay. I'm going to do it. And just, yeah. Like how fun is that? You guys, we invite you to do that too. Well, before we, um, before we close out, Amy, was there anything else that you wanted to share before you tell people where to find you? Because obviously there will be people that will want to connect with you and learn more of what you have to share. For me, I'll share what I end all of my yoga classes that I teach at. You know, we go through a quick little guided relaxation where we start at the crown of the head, relaxing the eyebrows and the jaw and the shoulders down through the arms and the legs and the feet. And I always close and just say, and you can rest here knowing you're enough exactly as you are right now. I love that. I love it. Thank you so much for inspiring us. Where do people find you? I'm on Instagram, Amy Tenney Yoga. I also have a YouTube channel, Amy Tenney Yoga, with that's pretty new, starting with some videos to share, and soon I'll have a yoga and meditation podcast coming out. Um, hello, announcement. Not wait. <laughs> she is. She's having a podcast, and the oh. great thing about this is it is going to be actual guided meditation. I'm like so you excited. guys, amazing guided meditations for free. Like, um, thank you. Thank you for doing that and for using your gifts and offering this wonderful service to the world. We're super excited for it because I will be using it. And the YouTube videos, how great, how awesome that you can, you can tap in and have Amy guide you through yoga and meditation to help you cultivate this gratitude for your body. Thank you so much for being with us, Amy. Thank you. This is so much fun. Friends, thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life and cultivating more gratitude for your body. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We are cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye.
Okay, I literally just read this ad too fast, and this is what I saw in my eye. Oh, okay, dear. ready? Oh, dear. Both of us regularly get massages on social media. So that's kind of fun. <laughs> How does that social media minute. massage work? I don't get enough massage, massages. I could have one Becky every was naked yeah. on social media do. this week, though. I was. This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 74. Cultivate gratitude for your body with Amy Tinney. You're going to need to do that again. I know. Why? Because I went down on body. Body. It's the same oh, thing I always do. Shame. Your body. Ugh. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that? Don't mind us. We're just stretching and Wait, doing poses and what? I'm gonna I'm propping my microphone up because before we started. Oh. Oh dear. Oh. Did your life just change? Also, you can lower your chair. No, mine goes all the way low oh. and I'm just so You're tall. So tall. I'm such an Amazon. We did yoga before we started here, mm-hmm. and I don't want to lose all the benefits of the delight. That's yoga. true. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. 